What? What? Okay, now now we can do it? Okay, fine. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Parkscope Unprofessional Podcast Hour. My name is Joe. Joining me on this wonderful night in March in Pittsburgh, in Orlando, is Brian. Brian, how are you doing? I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me, Joe, in Pittsburgh. Yes. Also joining us is Banks in Orlando. Banks, how are you doing? I am great, Joe in Pittsburgh. Brian in Orlando, how are you? I'm great, Banks in Orlando. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy we're very formal in introducing where we're from, too. I feel like we all have like the little hello, my name is tags on right now. <laughs> so we're good to go. Oh, man, it's been a day already. Man, 2020 doesn't stop uh, for anyone. It does not. No, it does not. Um just so we recognize it, because who knows is what's going to happen by the time this thing comes out, like tomorrow morning. Um, there's been a bunch of cancellations due to the COVID-19 coronavirus. Uh, the NCAA tournament is not. Uh, they're playing, but they're not going to have any fans in the stadium. Um, I think they're the – who is it? Is it the Lakers and the Golden State are, are playing without fans tonight, Brian? Yeah, and actually, um, the Thunder and Jazz game that was scheduled to take place got canceled right before the game started or as the game started because two of the players were late scratches due Mm -hmm. to, quote, illness. (laughs) And apparently, both teams started freaking out. They went to the locker rooms, and the whole arena started booing, and then within 10 minutes, they said, the game was postponed to a later date. Sorry. Wow. That's crazy. (laughs) Oh my um, gosh! Yeah, which is so real- obviously everyone's just treating this very, very you know cautiously and 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 reasonably. Yeah. No mass hysteria. Which is great because like I have general allergies and my I have drainage right now, so I'm like coughing and I have like a scratchy throat. So I'm like everyone's like looking at me. And I'm like, no, I swear, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. You're done. You're yeah, done. I'm That's done. it. Self quarantine. Also, um. Disney and Universal extended the closure of their Japanese parks till at least the beginning of April, I believe. And, yeah, just things are getting kind of crazy. So just keep an eye out for that. Wash your hands. Um, Use uh, at least 60% alcohol solution. uh, uh, Hand sanitizer. uh, Don't touch your face and mouth and all sorts of stuff. Cough in your sleeve, all that good stuff. Um, It's about spreading out the illness, so... Our hospitals don't get completely flooded. Yay. Anyway, Yay. that was... Well, I, think, I, I do think, before we move on, there's two things we should mention. One, yes. go to the CDC website for the information. Yes. I think that's fair. Two, link all the, lick all the finger scanners at the Disney parks um, to ensure safety. <laughs> yeah, it builds to up help. that immunity. <laughs> It'll clean. Not, yes, it also builds immunity, but also clean it for the next person that uses it behind you. Exactly. See, that's the it's the thought that counts. Yes, you see, it's it's you're just painted on. That's how that's how it works. I, I was actually literally at Epcot the, this evening, and I noticed like five or six brand new hand washing stations installed around World Showcase. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. at Epcot in the afternoon, and now I've gotten pushback from several, uh, I guess, alleged cast members because they're like, I haven't heard this. So whatever it may be. We asked for a couple photos from the team members or cast members, excuse me, God forbid, cast members. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, it's, 
my wife and I want to take a photo, and and they said, oh, we're not. We were instructed that because you know the coronavirus that we shouldn't be using guest phones or cameras. But you're more than welcome to take a camera over here with the the, you know, with the photo pad, whatever the hell it's called. Oh wow! And and so I posted that because that's an interesting turn of events, and that's you know a reasonable expectation to that Disney might be taking precautions. Um, but allegedly, it's not on the Disney Hub. Um, for the workers, and uh, a CM said that's not the case. Well, yeah, what do I know? Maybe they're lying and using that as an excuse because they don't want it. Whatever the case may be, that's what's going on. Ah, <laughs> oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do I know? So when's Born opening? Yeah. So anyway, Bunor. Uh, uh, yeah, Bunor. Oh boy. Yeah. So um, yeah. So let's get into this. We have two topics tonight to cover. Um. We're going to be a real quick episode. Uh, let's start off with uh, both Banks and uh, Brian. You two visited Universal yesterday to check out Universal's Endless Summer Resort Dockside, which will be I hate to interrupt you, Joe, opening in a week. Knock on wood. <laughs> yes, I what? hate to interrupt you, Joe. But as as you uh, jokingly said earlier, that you know things may be changing from from the time you hear this. Mm-hmm. From the time you said that. The President of the United States has announced, effective Friday at midnight, all travel from Europe will be suspended to the United States for 30 days. Oh, Bye. fun. I don't, oh, my God. I don't, it's an ever-changing... <laughs> I, don't, I somehow get the feeling that's not great, because, like, what's that going to actually do? But, besides the point. It's not like it's, it's stopping... It's not stopping anything else, but... Whatever. It's Boy. possibly slowing down, but you know we're. I can't wait to hop on Twitter right now and see all my uh, my friends from England just blowing up. Well, it's all of Europe except UK. I'm checking right now because UK oh, is different okay. for some odd reason. Because they're like America, but British. Yes, exactly. So. <laughs> I guess whatever, man. Let's talk about Dockside. Yes. More about Dockside. The hotel these people cannot stay at now. Yeah, the Dockside opens in a week, a little over a week, a little under a week now. And, um, yeah. Um, yeah, so, I'm sorry, I'm trying to follow up on the news. What's going, I have no idea what's going on now. Like, everyone's freaking out. Like, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Uh uh, is it just xenophobia? I don't know. Anyway, so Dockside. So Universal's Dockside <laughs> opens news. on the 17th. Uh, you guys did some visits of it. Um, Banks, do you kind of want to start off like uh, kind of what you guys saw and some impre- first impressions? Yeah, we, we, we basically got a, a, your grand tour. We got to walk around the lobby, see the bar areas, um, the dining area pool area and then we got to walk into the uh the two different rooms the standard and the, the two bedroom suite uh it's yeah i i think uh if you're comparing if you want to compare between surfside and dockside i think I, i'm drawn more toward dockside i don't know it just felt more open and more welcoming uh to me especially like in that lobby and uh, uh pier eight i believe is the name of the dining area mm-hmm. um it just yeah it just it just seemed it seemed a little bit better. I mean, I know they're both like sister hotels and under the whole same resort name, but yeah, I feel like I would personally like to stay at Dockside over Surfside. Hmm. Uh, is it just kind of the aesthetic, or yeah, I think it's just the aesthetic, honestly. And Surfside is is fine in 
it's fine and all. And I, I, I liked it when I got to walk around that resort too. Um, but I don't know, just the aesthetic of the dock side with like the theming of like using driftwood and a lot of its decor and you're dining underneath a pier. So, you know, like you are dockside. I don't know. Just something about that was, uh, was just felt more welcoming to, to me, but that's just my personal taste. And obviously everyone else is going to have a different thought. Um, I did appreciate that the drinks they are going to serve at their Oasis pool bar are going to be named after wet and wild slide, slide names. So they'll have like the blast. They'll have the disco H2O. Um, it's, I think that's a really cool nod to the, the old place that used to be where these hotels are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's a really cool thing. Is um is naming the drinks after. I think it was like I think the disco H two O is one of the drinks and mm-hmm. some of the, and some of those other old slides. Uh, I'll be I'll be, yeah. I'll be interested in going back when it opens and seeing what the menu looks like. We didn't get to see a menu, but uh, they just kind of give us a quick tour. Nice. Um. Yeah, so Brian, what are your kind of thoughts on it? Banks took all my hits. Um, okay. <laughs> so what he said. <laughs> no, um, I, I actually agree with him uh, as far as pref- uh, preferring Dockside. Surfside is nice, um, and this isn't a, um, a slander anyway, but I feel always felt like Surfside, while nice, was sort of like Cabana Bay Light, whereas yeah. Dockside is its own thing. Um, as Banks said, it's very spacious, so it feels very different. I didn't feel as much of the Universal Boulevard by drive presence like I did compared to Surfside. Now, granted, we only saw the pool area and and the the restaurant. Um, Whereas Surfside, you go in the pool and you can see, you know, across the lake and see all the different hotels. Um, Pier 8 looks good. The the food, the dockside wrap, which is the the wrap with the, I guess, ham or something, and and the french fries in it are are something that... um, I can see myself gorging on because we are staying next week on opening night, mm-hmm. um, and just for the sole reason of trying the dockside wrap several times. <laughs> nice, um, yeah. So you guys only saw the rooms and the and the general areas. Are there any? It doesn't look like it, but just to make sure, are there any differences in the rooms between Surfside and Dockside? Because it just seems exactly I, the same. I, I don't think there is. The layouts are the exact same. I think there may be some aesthetics and maybe a couple of yeah. like, paint that may be different but otherwise it's they're pretty much identical yeah it's the pillows in surfside say surf and the pillows here say dock you know mm-hmm. things like that it's it's very very much identical when you get to the rooms everything else though is night and day the lobby the bar areas the the pool the lounge but once you get to the rooms there's no difference yeah mm-hmm I know the tower that we were touring, uh, I think if you're staying on the side that's facing away from Universal, it looks like some rooms could, could give you a pretty good some kind of glance over at Epic. I could see some some of the dirt. Mm-hmm. Nice. Sorry, I'm it's why are we doing this when there's so much going on right now? Ah my uh, ADHD. Are you talking you know, about I, the latest the latest update of I, Tom Hanks testing positive for COVID nineteen in Australia. Oh, geez, that Wait, well, what? that's that's all bullshit. <laughs> no, this is from a verified account. Oh, it's from his verified account. Oh, Jesus, what the hell's going on? Tom Here's Hanks the, got it. Oh yeah, Seriously? it's from Deadline. Oh, yeah, oh, this nice. is legit. Holy crap! Why why did we choose a, a night when the president is doing a speech? And oh my god. 
Yeah, I well, I mean, yeah. Anyway, continuing. Uh, <laughs> Universal's Dock Side if it opens <laughs> next week. Um, yeah, I what I, what blows my mind about Dock Side is it, it has all. It feels like it's nicer, as you guys said. Looks nicer. It feels nicer. I like the amenities more. The only difference is that it's a larger hotel, but it's like at the same price or cheaper than Surfside. So it's just so bizarre. It feels like they learn their lessons from Surfside and apply them to Dockside. So I'm 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 excited to stay there eventually, someday, hopefully, depending on how everything goes. Um, yeah, <laughs> just in case the end of the world doesn't happen. Yeah, um, I mean, my wife. Um, we as soon as she left the the media event with me because she she assisted me that day, she was like. Because we've been trying to book a night, but we were, you know, obviously opening night and spring break, it was two hundred dollars a night. We're like, ah, you know, just for one night, I don't want to drop two hundred bucks. Um, I guess the bright side of all this <laughs> is um, now the prices have dropped, and we were able to secure a night for one hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're, we're looking for like that as soon as she, as soon as we left the meeting, event, she's like, let's try to book it. Let's see if we can find something cheaper. Um, and yeah, we're looking forward to our stay, big time. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, I think it's going to be a fun resort, and uh, hopefully we'll, uh, the opening will go without a hitch. Knock on wood. Um, oh, boy. Plenty of it at Dockside. Yeah. They were, um, management was very, very confident that this will be fine. This, I know they, they've pushed other hotels to the brink of, of opening. They, they were very confident saying, like, right now we're just doing some refining. This will be ready by next Tuesday. Yeah, and, and and walking around, really the only kind of work I even saw doing were like some paint jobs on some of the beams, and they were stocking the Universal store in the lobby. Uh, so like a bunch of stuff that could definitely be done within the next week. Yeah. Cool. So let's get on to what we actually are here to talk about. What we what our plans were before everything blew up today. Um, because 2020 is is terrible and everything's bad. Um, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Uh, this uh, mm-hmm. brand new attraction opened March, much delayed brand new attraction opened uh, this past, uh, not this week, but the week before, March 4th, um, to lots of people there, which it should be a surprise, but, you know, it is what it is. Um yeah, I'm uh, sorry. My brain's still over the place from all this news. God, I'm just, I need help. Uh, yeah, so this brand new attraction is the Trackless Dark Ride, replacing the Great Movie Ride. And uh, it stars Mickey, Minnie, Goofy, Daisy. I don't think Donald's in it. Is Donald in it? Uh, barely. Like, uh, a, like a passing kind okay. of like, oh, oh yeah, there he's, is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, he's I not agree. featured. Yeah. Um, all, you know, the Fab Five plus some. Um, and it's all based off the new art direction of the Mickey shorts from uh, the Disney Channel and YouTube and all those cool places. So, you two got to experience the attraction recently. Um, I am, of course, Joe in Pittsburgh. Uh, we do not have Mickey and Minnie Runaway Railway in Pittsburgh. Um, not yet. Not yet. Not to my knowledge. Maybe eventually. It's come to Disneyland first, Pittsburgh third. Um, so... What are your guys' thoughts on it? Uh, I, I guess maybe we should just kind of start with, um, Brian, what's kind of your relationship with the prior attraction that was there, the Great Movie Ride? 
Okay. I <laughs> love Great Movie Ride. Mm-hmm. That was my jam since I was a kid. That is one of the main driving reasons whenever, when, when my parents took me to Hollywood Studios, Great Movie Ride was a thing that we had to do first and last and make sure we could do as much as possible. I loved everything about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the closest I got to an alien attraction. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> um, I can just remember, even now, but especially when I was younger, just in anticipation of going to Hollywood Studios, or I guess at that point MGM, when I knew that I was going to ride the MG, uh, the great movie ride, the the Mary Poppins scene, the, the Chim 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 Cherry, that very mm-hmm. slow, like, Chim 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 Chim. Yeah. That was just like in my head, and it's still ingrained to this day. So I'm very passionate about Great Movie Ride. I was I was one of the fans before they announced its closure, and I was very upset that it was closing. But I knew it had to go because it did not age well from from a ride standpoint, ride vehicle standpoint, and of course the properties. Mm-hmm. I do not like this as a replacement. Okay. Um. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> uh, Banks. What's kind of your relationship to the Great Movie Ride and thought thoughts on its closing or or various other things of that nature? You know, it's it's pretty much identical to, to Brian. Um, you know, I wasn't really a a local in Orlando until 2007, um, so I didn't grow up with the ride. But I did grow up visiting four times from Texas. Um, and studios was always the park that I was driven to, um, the, the park I loved because I loved movies and I loved seeing behind the scenes and the backlot tour and, and riding in through the movies on the great movie ride. Uh, it's one of the things I remember as a kid and then coming here, uh, working as a customer at studios for a year and working at the backlot tour. I had lots of friends that worked great movie ride. So I went and rode it a lot to visit them. Uh, it was always one of my favorite rides one of those great ways to just kind of get out of the heat of the summer for, for good, like 30, 40 minutes and just enjoy. Uh, and I really loved it. And I was sad to see it close. Um, I was there for the parks blog, final walkthrough of the ride where you got to walk the track and I got to get my photo with the alien and, and all that fun stuff. And uh, definitely memories I'll never forget, but as, as much as, you know, like Brian said, it was time to go like that. The whole park, uh, even though it is, I call it my home park. Uh, it's my baby, but it was changing and it, it, it has changed. You know, it was a behind the scenes and now it's a, you, know, you ride through the movie park. So, uh, or, you know, you know, ride the movies like the old universal kind of thing. <laughs> um, so, so I, I knew that, you know, if they're going to do this thematic change for the park, it, it was going to have to go. And I, I, I realized like they would rather probably spend money on a new ride than spend money on just updating the ride. So I'm still going to miss the great movie ride, but I feel, uh, I, on the other hand, I do like Mickey and Minnie's runway railway. Um, it's nowhere near as good as great movie ride. Mm-hmm. Nothing could, I don't think anything could have been as good as great movie ride. Um, uh, but I, but I feel it's a good, I feel it is a good replacement um, it, at, the good thing is for me, it keeps the no height requirement that great movie ride had so that everyone in the family can still enjoy it and ride it together. Um, that's definitely something that studios has desperately needed for years now, mm-hmm. um, is, uh, since great movie ride closed, they need another no height requirement ride. So this fills that, which is great. Cause I've got, I've t- I took my kids on it and they loved it. And that's one of the things that um, makes me like the attractions. You know, my kids just seeing them really take to it, and 
enjoy it and, and now spencer's like singing the song over and over again and like, <laughs> all um, but church is fine um but oliver like he's almost two years old now so he's really starting to understand more and more things in the theme park and his eyes like he was so excited to like see something new uh like walking through the queue i've never seen him bouncing so happily before so um so yeah like i i do enjoy it for what it is um it is a great family attraction um i do enjoy the shorts um it took a while to get used to the new animation style but the mm-hmm. writing on the shorts is i feel is really funny and the jokes are great um this ride it doesn't have like a lot of the same kind of adult jokes that the shorts do but of course it's a ride so they can't really convey a lot of that in the short what four and a half minutes i think the ride is mm-hmm. um but but there's a lot to see in the dang ride that the rewritability is there, but I can see that, you know, that's also a, could be a downside because, you know, if you only ride it once, depending where you sit, you may miss a lot of stuff. So, uh, that's, that's, that, that's, that's, that's be yeah. a downside. That, that's one of my biggest issues with the ride. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll preface my review by saying I do not like the animation style. Um, I was looking forward to the ride beforehand. Um, but I knew, I wasn't going to like the animation style, but it is what it is. I can't control it. I thought maybe it could work better if they did an overall tribute to Mickey with the decades of his animation style. Yeah. You know, whatever. I'm not going to pick apart, you know. It's a nitpick at that point. Um, I I just felt, look, we all know the the screens joke. and, and, And to a certain extent, it is a fair critique. But outside of the first room and the final room, which does use props... You know, or, or at least some thematic design. I'm just looking at a screen with no sense of feeling enveloped in the world. You know, compared to Spider-Man and Transformers, or even Gringotts, even though those are screen-heavy rides, they try their best to make you feel like you're in that. You know, you're 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 staring at Doc Ock in a warehouse. You feel like you're in that warehouse. You're in Transformers. You're staring at you know Megatron trying to trying to murder you, and you feel like you're on a you know a construction tower. This, I honestly felt like I was just staring at a screen. Um, there are neat effects. Uh, the The final transition in the final room is a really, really cool effect. But I couldn't really see it because I'm in the front of the 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 train. So I'm staring at the you know the you know spoilers by the way the stomper thing. <laughs> but I can't really take what the rest of the environment is trying to show me because I have to kind of turn around and look. Um, and that also impacted my my trip through the volcano room. Because we were at that point, the last train, while everyone got to see the whole transition from nice, you know, calm jungle to the volcano erupting, we just skipped that and went right to the screen of the waterfall, which is also weird. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Another thing is, and I I know this was probably added on to to help with, you know, load time and ride, you know, staggering the ride uh, throughput, but the daisy scene is a total, like, what the hell is going on? Like, <laughs> like, hey, we have this trackless technology. This is what we can do with it. So we're just gonna make you dance. It's yeah, uh, it's it's really just like an awkward scene for the whole ride. And then the tornado scene feels like we ran out of money. Let's just call it a day and leave this as is. Um, admittedly, I am not the demographic that this ride is aimed to. I do not have children yet, um, but I do do feel that. As a supplemental ride, this would be fine. 
if this like for Disneyland for example, this is a part of Toontown that also has you know the Gidget Coaster or Gadget whatever you know that that coaster and then the um, the the Roger Rabbit cartoon spin. This is in the main weenie of the park, and as soon as you enter Hollywood Studios, that bright ass neon sign is beckoning you <laughs> to come ride it, and just for a park that needs in, in the context of Hollywood studios and it's a park that needs more things to do. And now we're finally getting to that. I don't know this, this was kind of touted for Hollywood studios as another e-ticket and it doesn't feel like that to me at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, let's get, let's get into the attraction some, cause we're kind of dancing around it a little bit. <laughs> And there's no point, and like, might as well just dive into it right now. Um, yeah. So, so Banks, I, I know that they've updated a little bit of the queue and all that area, but how how is the queue? How is it? What's what's different? What's the same? Um, how how is that kind of laid out? Well, let me let me say this: the the queue, the first. So I would break the queue into thirds. So the first third is relatively unchanged. It is still the amazing, you know, Chinese theater lobby that we knew and loved from walking in a great movie ride, which I remember walking through that door and seeing that again, like biggest smile on my face. I'm like, Oh my God, they didn't touch this. This is still the same. This is amazing. Um, they reworked like some of the like pathway inside, but it's the, the aesthetics is pretty much the exact same with the, the posters are now showing post digital posters of like various Mickey shorts. Um, then you get to where the first the the giant theater would have been with Great Movie Ride is your first real change where it has now been uh, condensed down into two smaller pre-show theaters. So you go down a ramp that's very reminiscent of the kind of incline ramp from the old Great Movie Ride, and then you go into one of the pre-show theaters, and here's where that's where you start seeing the more differences from great movie ride um but even like the pre new the new pre-show theaters still have an uh aesthetic of the chinese theater so it blends in very well with the previous part of the queue that has been left unchanged um so you see you see the film you watch the perfect picnic premiere and then a very cool effect of the screen bursting open from an explosion which is very reminiscent to me of um it kind of like uh, the enchanted tales with bell and new Fantasyland, like the effect with the magic mirror i think it's kind of in the same vein with that um i still can't figure out how the hell it's it's done but um i'll give it that 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 is a cool effect yeah um and then just being able to now while you walk through the screen and you get to go into the cartoon world, and then this is where things are completely different from Great Movie Ride. You can kind of tell it's the old loading dock of Great Movie Ride, but mm-hmm. it's got a much lower roof now, um, and you're heading to the train area, uh, and that's that's where things are completely different from from GMR. Um, I will say the, a cool little thing that I I noticed, and I'm not sure if it was an intentional or not, but when the screen explodes and Goofy starts talking with one of the cast members there. It, it that does give me a little bit of GMR vibe, where you're gonna ha- you now have a cast member interacting with the attraction. So that was like a little okay. That's I, I, I kind of like that, keeping a little bit of that with with this attraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, I feel the actual quote. I, I, I and I can't think of it off the top of my head, but when I saw or saw it on video and when I 
actually experienced it, it almost felt like it was actually a nod to the exchange between gangster cowboy to the GMR uh, yeah. you know, vehicle. It almost felt like, okay, wait, I think that was the same type of quote they used for that interaction. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can, yeah, thinking about that, yeah, it does feel a little bit like that. Like, like oh, who, me? Me? Are you talking right, about me? Right, ex- exactly. Mm-hmm. I right, will say, sucks, though, though. Uh, I, I don't know. If we're, <laughs> I don't know if we're going to get to it. So we're, we're talking about Great Movie Ride right now. I'll go ahead and say um, I know of at least three Great Movie Ride references in this attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many you picked up on Brian. Um, the biggest one that I feel is the most obvious is in the carnival scene. There is a poster for the Great Moving Ride, which is like I an escalator so. kind of ride. Um. Then there is, um, in the tornado scene, in the actual tornado scene, there's a mailbox flying around the tornado that someone has been able to get a photo of the address, or I think it's like a Kansas address or a Wizard of Oz reference or something on it. Um, and then the there's a scene, the, the transition scene between the Daisy Dance Studio and the factory finale scene. You you go outside the dance studio and then you see the facade for the the factory that you you go inside. Down to the left side there is a trash can, and I'm not sure if every single car hears this or not, but I don't know which car does. But when you go by it, there's a sound effect of a cat inside the trash can that is the exact same cat in a trash can sound effect from the gangster scene, a great movie ride. Oh, hmm. Interesting. I, I I think one of the, I guess, positives, but also could be seen as a negative, is that the ride features too much. That it's very hard to take in everything, which I guess helps for rewritability. Yeah. Um, if you're local, that helps. If you're not, you know, it's kind of hard to experience all that. But two, because there's so much and it's overstimulating, it kind of helps you, or not helps you, but I guess makes you notice some of the other things around the area. Like, for example... The ceiling, which I know at the end of the day, they're not going to theme a ceiling. But because you're invited to look everywhere, the ceilings, like production, you know, production elements kind of stand out more because of that. Yeah. Yeah. I I know I'm telling a lot of people who only have a chance to ride this once that the third car, I feel, is the best car that give you the, the best chance to see a lot of each scene. Uh, I, I've been on every car now, and I, I really felt like the third gives me the chance to, you know, see the endings of scenes that you don't see in other cars, uh, but not miss a lot of the beginnings as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I've only ridden it once, and I was in the, the last car. Not a fan of that car. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I'm not a fan of the first car, so uh, I, I think everyone will... Can, if you can ride multiple times, do it. But if you can't, maybe try the second or third car. Those seem to be the, the, the biggest hits. Yeah. So real quick pause. Uh, real quick update. A uh, news update for everyone. Oh, boy. Oh Brian. Boy. Uh, Rudy Gobert. You know, remember him? Remember that incident? Yeah. Guess what he got tested positive for? Yeah, I can one-up you. The NBA yeah, has yeah. suspended the season. Yes, exactly. The NBA season is now suspended. <laughs> so, yeah. All righty. Um, well, so, 
so, uh, man, why, why of all the times that, okay. So, um, so I, let's talk a little bit about the pre-show. Cause I know you guys mentioned the, um, you, you guys mentioned the interaction, but how, how did you guys like the actual pre-show itself and the way they kind of move from the Chinese theater into the cartoon world? I think it's, it's a perfect setup. Honestly, uh, the song is catchy as hell. And that is that is true. That I, I keep singing the song and nobody can stop us now. <laughs> and my wife hates hates me for it. Uh, yeah, Spen- Spencer's got it on repeat since they put it out on iTunes. Um, and, and yeah, it's a it's a perfect setup. Honestly, it's uh, you're if you're familiar with the shorts, it starts off like a like all the shorts do, and then you know you have your unexpected turn with the explosion and a pretty awesome effect and. I think it does a great job of establishing the story and, and getting guests to transition from that real world to the cartoon world. Mm-hmm. Like everyone, every time I've gone into that pre-show, everyone always like is blown away by the effect. And they're all like, yeah. Oh my God. Whoa. Like, how do they do that? They're all murmuring to themselves. Like it's a very effective. I will say, so I, I cheated a little bit and saw the POV before we went and rode, but I had no idea about the pre-show. Mm-hmm. So that was my first time experience a pre-show in, in your lifetime. So when that happened, I was, and it just completely blown away. So you know, <laughs> credit where credits due. It's a really cool effect, and you can hear the whole room kind of, oh my gee, oh wow, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I will say, I, I do give them credit for this. Um, it's a really cool bookend because when you leave the ride, you exit. Yeah through the screen again and on the screen it has the the end tag and it's like a cool little full circle moment where you're going back through the screen to head back to the real world mm-hmm. and a good photo op too oh yeah yeah um yeah i remember seeing drew's photos of the returning to the to the real world um that was yeah it's a good idea um so for the actual ride itself uh, it, it, I guess, how should we do this? Um, cause we already kind of danced around like a lot of it. We need to figure out kind of how we're going to cover it. I, I guess I would ask, uh, Brian, what are like, what's your top moment from the ride? And you're like your least favorite moment. From uh, the what ride? top moments when you get off the least moments when you yeah. get on. Oh, <laughs> um, I guess the top moment is the transition at the end. That is a really clever use of. Projection mapping. That that if there was more of that in the ride, I probably would be a little higher on it. Um, I also am not really big on the animatronics. The animatronics at the end are fine, but the beginning animatronic in the car, Mickey Minnie in the car, um, mm. it's awkward, and and the and the animation style is is, is to blame for that too. It just yeah. really looks weird. Yeah, that's the first thing I noticed just watching videos is that the the shadows and how it's laid out. And how their like their faces are don't look great. Yeah, they they feel very bubbly, like they're just bubbles. Yeah, and it's weird because it's it's three D, but the projection is on the faces are two D, so it just really just doesn't make it feel believable. It, it's it's definitely not nowhere near as good as like the Elsa animatronic and the the ones in Frozen, mm-hmm. right? Also, why does Goofy have jaundice? (laughs) 
I do not. I and, and I've never liked the animation style for Goofy. You know, I never will. I don't like that this this new style for him. Mm-hmm. But Banks, what, what what would you say is your favorite and least favorite? Uh, well, I'll, my least favorite is, and, and it's weird, but the, my least favorite is the waterfall scene where you're wrapped in the screen, like all the individual cars go into their own screens, and you're going over the waterfall. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a fan of that only just because like you're supposed to feel like you're going over a waterfall, but we're not on motion, not on a motion simulator. So you don't get that effect of like being thrust over the waterfall and falling down. It just, it, that's the one point of the whole ride, honestly, that I feel like I'm watching a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're not even moving. You're just, yeah, you're not even part. Yeah. So I would say that would be my least favorite, uh, top moment for me. Um, to choose between and it's honestly my two top moments are probably brian's two least favorite moments i do like <laughs> the daisy scene um i don't know why something about like the daisy animatronic i think is the best animatronic in the whole damn ride um it's actually yeah. done very well yeah it, it doesn't have the projection face other than i think her eyes yeah her everything eyes else everything else is is like a real animatronic yeah um and, and I, I like the you know the randomness of just starting to dance and then doing the mamba because that's, I, I feel, you know, I've watched every short cause we've marathoned them with Spencer and you know, that's the shorts always go to random places and do random things. You never know what's going to happen. So I feel like it, it's kind of in keeping with the, the, with the theme of the shorts and what they do. Um, but the other one actually, and it, I, I definitely understand Brian's points, but I do like the twister scene. Uh, starting with the carnival, then going into the seeing the twister, just because like I, I grew up in Texas, I love storms, I love tornadoes. Like first thing I ever wanted to do as a kid was be a tornado chaser. So like you know having a scene that actually has wind and a tornado in it, where you know Great Ride was supposed to years and years ago, uh, it's just kind of it's a cool little thing for me. I always like seeing that. Yeah. So I heard um, that the. The waterfall scene does not have motion to it. It's like just you just pull in there and then it's yep. it plays. Yep. You just pull in and you park. Is that you is that a park? <laughs> okay. Is that a problem in the ride or is that just kind of is it fine? Is it being overblown? Cuz I've heard it both ways. I like I said that's my least favorite part just because mm-hmm. it doesn't you don't feel that motion of going over the waterfall. Um I know now, I know Ratatouille, Ratatouille will have the same thing. I rode Ratatouille in Paris in 2018, and it has points where you each car goes into an individual screen room and does some some like running through the rafters and things like that. But mm-hmm. at least the Ratatouille ride vehicles are trackless and on motion platforms as well, so you get that movement around. Whereas the Mickey and Minnie cars, they are just trackless cars. They don't have motion platforms on them. Okay. Very strange that you, uh, Disney is opening three trackless screen-heavy rides in a row that literally <laughs> you could just interchange properties and and that's it. <laughs> hey, they're all still better than Antarctica. No argument here. <laughs> yeah, no. God, can we... Ugh. Antarctica. I'm so, so sad about. It. I'm so angry about Antarctica and people trying to say, "Oh no, it's actually good." It just blows my it, mind. If you want, the outro of this podcast should be the Antarctica theme song. No, uh, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm really good. <laughs> Coward. Um, 
Yeah, I am. I am a coward. Not gonna lie. Trust me, and I'm not. I'm not gonna lie here. And if Spencer somehow ever listens to this in the future, I'm sorry. But she, every time we go to SeaWorld, she wants to ride that damn ride, and I always. Most of the time, nine times out of ten, end up saying like, "Oh, it's it's down right now. It's closed right now." Is it because and of the I, ride, or is it because of the penguins? She likes the ride. She actually I, really likes the ride. Hmm. Well, okay. <laughs> well, there's there's got to be one of us. It's like you know the the six and seven dentists recommend kind of thing. There's yeah. always got to be one of them. <sighs> okay. And honestly, I would, it's harmless. I'll take her on it if the line's not long, but I, I'm not going to wait in a 45-minute line for that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we covered, uh, we covered that. We covered that. So a question, Banks, did you go on Luigi's Rocking Roadsters at California Adventure? Yes, I have been on it once. Okay, so that's kind of the vibes I got from the Daisy scene was yes. the dancing it, it just kind of felt like they had that because just watching the video because i've not been on it is that on one hand it like totally changes the aesthetic of the ride because everything else is just projection mapping with that style but once you get into that room it's very it's it's mirrors and lots of other stuff but and then it kind of stops and then it does that so i think maybe that's the problem where things are like not I don't I don't know how to put it but like meshing with the rest of the ride it kind of feels like they wanted they they kind of like were like oh well we did it on this ride let's do it on this ride too kind of thing yeah yeah honestly and I completely agree with that point um it is compared to every other room it is a complete 180 from what everything else looks like because there are no projected walls and projected scenes in there it is a physical scene with a Physical animatronic and windows and, and, and a roof. Like, it has a roof in there. Like, mm-hmm. you're in a room now. So it really is, like, compared to every part of, other part of the ride, it is very different. Um, mm-hmm. But I I was not expecting – I mean, I've been on Luigi, so I know, like, the, like the dancing. But I was not expecting when it start when they start doing the mamba, they do it and the cars move in a way to where it feels like you're in, like, this conga line and you're, like, kicking your leg out. It's interesting. Hmm. So okay, so I'm kicking my leg out in frustration. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um. Yeah. I. I guess I. I think that's the weirdest thing with the ride is that I was really hyped for it, and I just kind of feel it feels just kind of it missed a beat or something. Um. It's 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 on. It is no rise. Hell no, it's no rise. But. Oh, no, it had. <laughs> but it's, 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 I feel, and you know, it's not really something that you want to say about something that's replacing the great movie ride, but it is a good filler attraction for studios, um, for, for families. I will say I was there for the opening day and I know everyone was there to ride Mickey and Minnie, but I feel this is really going to help co- with capacity in the park because while we were there for opening day, like Falcon was down to a 30 minute wait with fast pass. And I think that was because of Mickey and Minnie. So I, I really feel that this ride may help with a lot of the wait times for the other rides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just cause it needs more capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Bri- uh, Brian, do you have any other thoughts on Mickey Minnie's runaway railway? Um, I guess something that I didn't even notice until we just started talking about it. 
how you said it was a sort of ride about the Fab Five, but everyone sort of gets a time to shine except Donald. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is arguably maybe right behind Mickey as far as popularity. Yeah, I mean, Donald, I, could, I, I could see cases for many, but Donald's up there. Yeah, Donald doesn't have anything to do with the ride. Like, he shows up in two scenes, I think. He sh- you see him in the carnival, and you see him in the um, in the streets, uh, driving a truck. Uh, that's it. Mm-hmm. Very, very secondhand um, interaction, too. Not like he's like a folk like Daisy. Obviously, Mamba scene, she is right front and center, like, let's dance! Um, Goofy, obviously, is the conductor, Mickey and Minnie, the whole part of the ride. Donald, oh, and Pluto, the injustice on Pluto. Oh my gosh! Okay, yeah. So this is actually <laughs> yes. All right, this may be another downside to me. Honestly, I I'm I'm a little shocked at like what they do to Pluto in the pre-show. Like, oh, it's not even it's not even the pre the whole ride. It's like obviously I'm, I'm blowing it more. It's, it's not serious. Like some people are really treating it, but. He gets neglected the whole ride. Makes Mickey and Minnie seem like a bunch of jerks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, it's actually... So Pluto is is basically the B-plot of the ride. Like, he's trying to catch up to Mickey and Minnie and get them their picnic basket. Mm-hmm. Um, so you see him, like, almost every scene you can find Pluto there trying to get to them. So it's a B-plot. If you look out for it, you'll you'll find him. But, but yeah, like... The the beginning, the pre-show, like when they start the song, Minnie is singing her part, and she kicks Pluto in the face and into the, the trunk, closes the trunk door on his head, and I'm just like, my god, this poor dog. Yeah. The one that, the one that got me was the first scene in, in the desert, where you see him trying to jump over the trench, but he can't, and then Mickey and Minnie are trying to help everybody else, and you actually see Pluto with a sad face get left behind, and then the sun sets on him with his his ears drooped, his his, his mouth. No, drooped. you can just see. Yeah, I swear to God, I have not noticed that at all. Yeah, he, he it's like he got left behind, like like homeward bound style. Oh God, now I'm gonna be sad. <laughs> this seems. See, see, I I was I was paying more attention in, in in that in that western scene, like noticing that if you stay in that scene long enough, you see like Mickey and Minnie get tangled up in the ropes and then these vultures come in with like forks and knives ready to eat them. And I was like laughing at that. I didn't realize like behind me that Pluto was freaking crying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so this, this rival will go down known as the injustice against Donald and Pluto. <laughs> I think that's a good way to put it. Now here's my, ne- my next question for Brian. See, but that's, um, Joe, real quick. Yeah, yeah. That's got to be the title of the episode: "The Injustice of Donald and Pluto." Okay, I'm writing it down. <laughs> um, Brian, can't play the Antarctica theme song, jerk. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna torture people like that. Um, so, Brian, out of the past year, what is the biggest dog-related incident in the parks? Is it depths of fear? Oh. <laughs> Or is it Pluto and Mickey and Mickey Runaway Railway? It's got to be depth because people yeah. actually – they were looking at it as a bla- – I mean, granted, none of this should be as serious as, as we discussed it. But <laughs> um, they took that criticism and made it into a black and white issue when it wasn't just that clear. Like, 
There was everyone's like, oh, but there's the dead cat in Stranger Things. Well, yeah, because the creature ate the dead cat, and that was the sign of okay, this friendly creature that Dustin took in wasn't a nice pet. It was an evil killing machine. The mm-hmm. Demogorgon with Demodog. The dog in Depths of Fear was just like, okay, here's a monster, here's the crew, and here's a dog chopped in half. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even like attacked by the creature. It was it just didn't get through a door in time. Which is so freaking sad. Yeah, if it was attacked by the creature, okay, that was that was a side effect of of this this station being attacked by this parasite. But no, it wasn't that. It was the door, and it's not like a lot of people took it serious. Like, oh, that sucks. And no one protested. No one. T- I mean, I did protest to take the scene out. Just said, I wouldn't have done that. It seemed like a cheap gimmick. But exactly. apparently. Apparently that, oh boy, you don't know horror. Like, well, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Like, the Pluto Injustice is, it's it's a cartoon. Like, that's, and, and if you've seen the shorts, Pluto at many, many shorts has gotten the bum rap in terms of, like, physical abuse. Um, I don't know why they decided with this new animation style that was going to be a thing, uh, but... Some of the some of the stuff is actually really really funny, uh, and mm-hmm. I'll be completely honest. Like, I, I, there's this one short where Minnie is chasing um, these musical notes of a song that she wrote for Mickey, and uh, <laughs> if I remember correctly, like she Pluto is on one side of a door of the ki- kitchen door, and she comes barreling through the kitchen door, and it hits Pluto, and he just boom flies across the room. Like it, it, that makes me laugh because it's it is a cartoon. It's it's not real. It's not meant to be taken seriously. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Just something, something about this ride, like especially that scene you just described, Ryan. That that makes me a little sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one one thing you did bring up, and I want to ask you guys. I know we didn't bring this out, um, bring this up before him. So I don't know who did this or not. But did any of you guys do the uh, the Mickey Mouse uh, theater? experience at Hollywood Studios, that new one? Yeah, the, the Shorts Theater. Yeah. Yeah, I did it. Okay, well, what are your thoughts on it? It's nice. It's, 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 um, I think it's the best use of that space since the um, Monster Sound Show way back in the 90s. Um, because like it's, it's a great way to kind of get out of the heat, sit down for 10 minutes. Um, the short is, it's, you know, they tout it as a new short, but it's mainly you know, 70% clip show and 30% new animation, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. Honestly, like it's, it's kind of a greatest hits of um, travel and vacation things from the shorts uh, tied together with Mickey trying to pack to get ready to take Minnie on a vacation. Uh, and the ending is, you know, spoilers, the ending, they end up going to Walt Disney world. So it's, <laughs> it's a cool little ending. Um, and you know, it's a, it's a great, they they showcase Potato Land, which is arguably the best Mickey short there is, mm-hmm. um, and they showcase a lot of the times they've had shorts that take place in other countries where they speak the native language, which I've always loved about the shorts. Um, so uh, it's definitely a great great thing to go check out, uh, especially for the e ticket photo op with Potato Land and a potato at the exit. Um, that's 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 a cool addition. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, I feel if you're waiting for a fast pass or if you're waiting for your rise boarding group, uh, it's it's a it's a good way to kill a little time. Mm-hmm. Nice. I haven't done it, so I have nothing to offer. It? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's why I, I forgot to like bring it up. I'm like, oh shit! Oh, forgot! I forgot! 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 Um, 
So as we're closing down this episode, because God, I want to end now before more news breaks and <laughs> heaven help us. Uh, what are your kind of final thoughts on Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway? Uh, Banks, I'll start with you. Um, I'm I'm happy with it. Uh, like I said, I will always miss GMR, but I, I feel this is the addition, an addition that Studios has needed, for, especially for families, because uh, you know, for me to be able to bring both Spencer and Oliver together, it's it, that's great for me. That's a win in my book. Uh, they both enjoyed it, and I enjoy it. Uh, flaws, flaws and all, uh, I, I feel like this will be a ride that I'll I'll go on and on uh, over and over again for for a good good while. Uh, so give it a chance next time your studios and be sure to ride in, in the third car <laughs> yes uh brian what are your final thoughts if this ride had taken over maybe some somewhere in animation courtyard probably would have handled or not handled but reviewed it a little better mm-hmm. um considering that again that the great movie ride admittedly needed to be replaced um, why couldn't Disney, who is a, the ruler of all media at this point, <laughs> owning Marvel, Star Wars, Fox, Pixar, National Geographic, probably could have done the same kind of ride with an updated great movie ride with the latest hits of today. Maybe use a Marvel property that is allowed per the contract, like Doctor Strange or something. Mm-hmm. Have a Star Wars scene or two. They own Indiana Jones. Put him back. They own Alien again, put Hit back too. Um, but that's my gripe. That is my personal nitpick. Um, ultimately, it's 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 underwhelming. It's fine. People will love it. Um, families especially. But for me, I think, unless I have a fast pass for it, I probably won't see myself doing it. Mm-hmm. So I just I just came up with the, the name of the ride you just described, Brian. It would be the Great Disney Plus Ride. There you go. <laughs> that's that's a pretty good name for it, not going to lie. Um, yeah, so thank you for joining me in this incredibly uh, insane night. Um, We're not even going to talk about the Marvel stuff over at Disney? I, I guess we could. Do you want to talk about that real quick? What's no, your thoughts on it? That's crap. <laughs> oh, okay, there we go. <laughs> Look, Bang, thanks. Mean- Sp- Spider-Man can surprises, but as of right now, <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks. Got any? Got any strong feelings on big pretzels and pork chop sandwiches and stuff? Not until I see it in person. There we go. That's a that's a very diplomatic answer. <laughs> I will uh, say there is no need for an Avengers Campus to have a story of what campus stands for. I think Avengers Campus Avengers Campus drives that point well enough. But hey, you know. Story. <laughs> I think one of the problems I, I I think I'm kind of getting down to with Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. My problems is that I think WDI loves like classic Disney so much that anything that was like bought by Eisner, they just don't care for and they just don't pay attention to it. Like that's the only way to explain the Avengers C-A-M-P-U-S and all that stuff. It's just like, like, did you guys do any work on this or what? And it, it's, it's bizarre. But anyway, uh, Brian, where can people find you online at? Uh, they can find me on monorail let red licking the handrails. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. 
Fantastic. Also at Inside Universal. There we go. Uh, Banks, where can people find you online at if they want to listen to you or uh, any of those fun things? Uh, you can find me at uh, Attractions Magazine, all the social media channels. Uh, and then first personally, you can find me at Banks Lee on Twitter and at Disney Goofball on Instagram. Fantastic. Uh, you can find all of us at Parkscope.net or at Parkscope. And you can find me at Parkscope Joe where everything is burning down constantly. <laughs> and I don't know. And, and the points don't matter. <laughs> That's kind of what it comes down to. <laughs> uh, don't get sick, everyone. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, 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 I don't know if, what's going on. If beloved, if beloved American icon Tom Hanks can get it, so can you. Yes, if it, yeah, and also don't lick microphones and touch tape recorders. It's a really dumb thing to do. Um, but yeah, but lick the finger scanners for the person behind you. Yes, so it's exactly. Clean. Lick the yes, finger exactly. scanners. Alrighty, we'll see you guys later. Kungaloosh, love, buddy, hate everything. Don't get sick. Wash your hands and uh, drink lots of fluids. I think that's another big one. And have, not bleach. Not bleach. No bleach. Uh, make sure you have Advil and Tylenol for fever suppressants. And make sure you have some sort of decongestant and, uh, um, yeah, that kind of stuff. So, okay, guys, <laughs> see you later. And, Bye. Yeah, hopefully there's a next one. <laughs> <laughs>